Welcome to Community Beyond Camo, where we discuss everything military spouse and beyond. I am Kristen Jacobs, a mom and former military spouse turned successful entrepreneur. I've gathered years of experience and some crazy stories about navigating the unique challenges that we face as military spouses while working on our relationships, our family, and building our own careers. Each week, myself and my guests are going to bring you stories that inspire you to keep going when things get tough, give you a laugh, and let's be honest, sometimes a good cry when you need it the most. You'll leave this podcast feeling connected, supported, and ready to tackle whatever life or the military throws your way. We are here for each other. We are a community beyond camo. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Community Beyond Camo. I have a very special guest with us today, Ms. Stanlin Olcheski. She is a great friend of mine that I actually met in Iwakuni. And if you remember on a previous podcast episode, I talked about how I really found my community in Iwakuni on base with the women I worked with. And Stanlin was one of those. And the great thing about her is she has served the military community for over 20 years. She has a passion for helping people. In her work, she cultivates and connects job and real life experiences in combination with education for career success. So we're really gonna dive into all of the tools to help you find your next job, or whatever you're looking to do. She is your girl, and that's what we're going to get into. She holds a bachelor and a master's degree in human resource management and organizational leadership, and she's a certified ASTD master trainer, which is the Association for Talent Development, and she's developed and facilitated trainings for adult learners. So, Stanlin, so happy you're with us today. Excited. I know. So, Let's get into it. First of all, do you miss Japan? I do. I mean, every time I somebody comes in and says, oh, it was just there. I'm like, where were you? Did you love it? Take me back. And um, yes, I know. Totally. Yes. And Arlene is back there, yes. which is crazy to me. I'm not living her best life, you know? Yeah. And there's so many things to do. And like we always say, the people are so nice. Yeah. I mean, you can't go a better place. Definitely the safest I have ever felt. And if you have the chance to be stationed overseas, please, please utilize the travel office. Go as many places as you can. It's just it's just amazing. Experience the culture, oh, yeah. experience other cultures in mm-hmm. countries nearby like Thailand or wherever you're in Japan. Yeah. So I know that we worked in human resources in Japan and just very similar to even in the continental U.S. Right. When you're dealing with the military spouse community, mm-hmm. you're going to have just a variety of experience when it comes to careers. You're going to have people that have education and some that don't. So you're going to be starting kind of looking across the board when you're helping people find their next employment or one that can move with them as they move to different bases. So 
What are some key challenges that you have seen military spouses and partners face like the most frequently? I think the most frequent thing is if they're an established spouse, you know, they never stay in one spot long enough to like show that job history or that longevity, which is kind of, you know, it's hard because the question is, well, why do you keep moving around? Well, because I'm part of this unique community. Now, if they, you know, work on the base, it's a more understanding thing. We know, I mean, that this is why your resume, you know, says California, Virginia, Florida, and now you're overseas, you know? So it's understandable. I also see like a challenge is maybe sometimes the demographic is young Mm -hmm. and they don't have a lot of job experience. And they look at that job list and they're like, how can I even get a job? Like, I don't have these experiences, you know? So it, it is very challenging. I mean, them not even maybe, or a spouse not having a resume, you know? I mean, we have a lot of online processes now where you apply online, you don't even meet a human right until you're called for an interview. So then you have AI checking yeah. everything for the humans. And so you may not even... If your resume isn't up to par and matching that job description, you may get passed up even if you qualify for it. Exactly. So, I mean, that is a huge challenge. I mean, there are lots of resources for people to take part in, but if you don't know, then it could just be like insurmountable, right? And, you know, just feel a little bit lost. And I I tend to see that people don't get a job right away because they're, number one, they're settling down and trying to get in their lifestyle, but then they don't know where to go. What's your advice for addressing like some of these challenges? (laughs) Well, my big one would definitely be, you know, get with your your spouse's unit. I would say spouse now because I mean, people come in different pairings and kind of amazing. Yeah. Like when I was started working with the military, it's male, female, you know, know, we have so many different types of families now. You know, I always say get with your spouse's unit and try to make that connection because they are have the pulse on what's going on on the base. But most of the jobs, like I said, are online. So get online. And most people don't like, I'm going to say this, find the military spouse group, you know? I mean, sometimes it kind of could be a little gossip, but sometimes it's what's really happening, you know? Like they can, you just take everything with a grain of salt. Like don't get involved in the drama, but sometimes it can give you some useful information. (laughs) I remember, I remember in Japan, that was one of, so, you know, Iwakuni Marine Corps Air Station, but I was a Navy spouse. And Mm -hmm. so the group was even smaller. And I just remember hearing, oh no, (laughs) don't get involved. (laughs) And the spouse, stay out of it. Yeah. Because it's so like, it can be so political. And, and Mm -hmm. one of the things that I will get into on this episode, but even hanging out with you ladies, mm-hmm. your spouses outranked mine. And so when we would go to some of these like on-base bars for specific ranks, right? I wasn't necessarily supposed to be there. And so it's, it's one of those things yeah. Um, yeah. that you have to learn to navigate. But are there also... Where would you go to find like a list of employers who do kind of make exceptions for military spouses or understand the nature 
of of the moving around and are more apt to hire military spouses. I I would say if you're at a military community, e- even the Allentown employers know, right? So they're more flexible than if you were in your, you know, or your hometown. Mm-hmm. So I just say the internet, you know, the resources like Indeed or the base, you know, websites are are good. Uh, word of mouth for me is very important. Like I like to go to like the unemployment office or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have a lot of job coaches there that can help people. And that to me, they, they know what employers are looking for spouses. Sometimes they are looking for spouses, like people that are okay with short-term commitment jobs. You know, they're not looking for like a dedicated career, like part-time, right. which is okay. You know, cause like we talk about like challenges with spouses that maybe they can't work full time mm-hmm. and, you know, having an idea of what kind of employers, like a lot of employers like flex employment, mm-hmm. which are, you know, a couple hours a day, a shift a couple times a week might be better for a military family. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, daycare is a very, <laughs> we are getting into that too. Oh, definitely. So as far as I know that out in the community, there are definitely resources. What resources are available specifically on base or post or wherever uh, military spouse may be? Sure. So definitely there's two types of employment offices on most bases. There's a civil service office and, and you know, then there's, you know, either like a MWR or MCCS office, which hires NASA employees or non-appropriated employees. So there tends to be two different types of offices and they're physical offices, which is still nice. They're still coming to work and, you know, they can help you get a resume review and actually like physically apply for a job. So that is amazing. And then some bases, like the bases I've worked for, have a family member employment assistance program, which their job is literally to help you find employment. And I think a lot of people don't know about that because, you know, it's not the first thing that's on the banner, right? right. Spouse found employment. <laughs> um, well, it's like, you know, people don't know, you know, it, it's like a huge thing. It's like, yeah, you have your, your child care, you have, you know, like sporting events, you have military this and that. And then somewhere in the middle is the military spouse trying to find a job. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of down there, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing resource to have someone who will yeah. help you. You mentioned non-appropriated fun jobs <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. I I want to get into that and explain the difference because for me, yeah, for me, I didn't, I had, <laughs> I was educated. So stateside, I'm not going to say it was easy to find a job when I needed to move, but I had history mm-hmm. of employment experience and a degree that I could fall back on to help me. But when I got to Japan, I remember before I got to Japan, people saying, oh, you'll have you'll get a really good job. You'll have no problem finding a job over there. And I get over there and I have no idea what I'm doing. I had no idea what like, you know, non-appropriated funds, which is mm-hmm. what I ended up getting which was amazing, but I didn't know the difference and I didn't necessarily know where to go for what on base. Exactly. So explain the difference. Sure. So like I said, there's two offices, right? So the non-appropriated fund 
let's start off with the appropriated fun. Yeah. That's the one, right? People see on TV, right? Yeah. When Jet dodges another type young, you know, <laughs> yeah, remember that part exactly. And that's your civil service employees, you know, the GS whatnot, and their funds are allocated by Congress, which again is why we had that little scare, yeah. which in forty some days they're going to talk about again. So you know, they're they're paid for by the government, right? So. And those are those those jobs that can lead to a lifelong career because once they're in that system, they actually have a really good program to transfer a spouse or an employee. I mean, they have reemployment rights. So if you leave one place, you will get a preference to gain another job when you get to your new location. So they have a really good plan once you get in there. You just got to get in there. And like you said, it, you know, it gets smaller because once people are in, they don't leave. Exactly. And that's what you probably saw is like those jobs that when you have the education and the experience, it's hard to get because they're holding on to them. Yeah. You know, until retirement, honestly. So <laughs> then you have these other worlds that I work more in and that's non-appropriated fund. So it's a big entity where some of the businesses make the funding for jobs like mine in human resources. So we're not funded by the government per se, but we do government work. So it's a little tricky. Both are federal service jobs. So you do, you are working for the government, you know, the standards are pretty high and pretty much the same, but a little bit easier to get in on the NAF side. And I only say that because there's a plethora of different types of jobs, you know, sales associates, custodial workers, just a huge silo when this one's a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. And this side, we don't have to have as much experience. Um, and then the coming in new, you know, is okay. Whereas this side is more established. Yeah. So both, you know, websites, walking into physical offices, putting in a lot of applications. What's really good on this side, and I talked about this the other day, is the non-appropriated side actually has a military spousal preference. So whereas this side with the government, straight up government jobs, it's a veteran's preference, which is great. I mean, people have served our country. But on this side, the spouses serve because they did not choose to come like we're talking about. They didn't choose to, well, maybe you did. But they <laughs> come all the way to Japan and maybe that really good job, right? Mm -hmm. So my experience was I was working in Quantico on that base as a as a buyer for for consumables and i love that job you know yeah but we had to leave so i took my four-month-old baby and my six-year-old son on a plane to iwakuni and i didn't have a job but i was false for preference so you know if somebody was as qualified as me and not a spouse i was gonna get that job right and that's what happened honestly i mean how i ended up in hr and it actually started my whole career in hr which is amazing. <laughs> which which also brings me to my next question. So what about a mom or a new mom yeah. who wants to work, especially like with your experience yeah. going to Japan with a six-year-old and a four-month-old <laughs> and not having a job right away? And like what was going through your mind? Like I know that you probably, you knew you wanted to work, but then there's like, you know, daycare, like your six-year-old was already in school, but then you had to worry about daycare for the four-month-old. Four and then you're like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy. It was really crazy. I mean, you talked about the relationship building that we had in Japan. Mm-hmm. So as you remember, there's like an indoctrination process when you even get to the base. So in our little group of new people, I met a lady who ended up working in childcare, you know, and, you know, just kind of helped me get in there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she got a spot right away. But then I had to find the job or I would lose the spot. So it was really tricky. And at that point, you're kind of like taking whatever. Right. You know, and, and that's where I know his bosses get nervous. Like, oh, I'm just going to take this job that I don't even like. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? I always say, get in and then yeah. keep working. Yeah. Because, you know, then, then at least you don't have to worry about the child care part. You know, it's. It's really difficult right now to even get childcare. We're still coming out of COVID, honestly. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, have a lot of fatigue about working, period. Uh, you know, and children have suffered because of COVID. You know, they're, they're just, I have a lot of friends that work in childcare and they just said it's the most challenging children they've ever seen. Right. So right now, a, a new mom, oh my gosh, it's like really hard, mm-hmm. you know, to get daycare, find the job you really like. And then, you know, there's that small thing we call mom guilt, you know. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I felt pretty guilty, you know, about having her. <laughs> I joke institutionalized. <laughs> but both my children have kind of grown up in a program of su- some sort. So I think they're fine. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're they're well adjusted. I think that. Uh, well, they're very social, let's say. I think that that can be, that can definitely be sad about military children. I agree moving around you just you learn to thrive you learn to go with it yeah. so perfect <laughs> so and, and for for those for those moms i know that a lot of them also look at jobs they can do at home while you know in between time whether it be you know companies MLMs or whatever. And then there are, thankfully, I I think, especially due to COVID, there are still a lot of remote jobs available, some that are incredibly flexible. Mm -hmm. So what about, and and we talked about this a little bit, Mm -hmm. what are the differences when you're looking for employment when you're stationed in the continental U.S. versus Oklahoma? Well, I think the biggest difference is the group of people you're you're moving around against. Like you kind of mentioned when you got there, you're like, you know, I have these talents, but like there's like 100 people now going for one job. Right. And and they're there, you know. Well, we might see here, you know, in the continent of the United States, maybe a thousand people going for that job. They not, might not. I mean, physically over there, there are people just waiting for that job, you know, so the competitiveness is really hard. But I do think at least overseas, you have a better ability to go in and meet people and make the connections to get you the job you want. Just because it's more of a network, here it's hard to do that. I mean, you know, we we don't, we see so many people, it's hard for us to remember people. Right. Over there, as an HR office, you could probably more so remember, oh, she has this talent, or she's working at retail right now, but maybe we can say if she's interested in working now in this other area. Mm-hmm. So I think for for us, it's easier to 
help people find their fit better overseas than here. It's so big, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's challenging for sure. And I think that what I found, especially, I'm going to get to this in a later episode, but when I was removed from Japan and set to San Diego, I really had to dig deep looking for that next job. And I I think that there's a lot to be said for using whatever experience you have and being able to translate it into how it benefits you in the job you want. Even, even if you haven't been working and you've just been living mom life and raising children and running a household, being able to translate that, like, yes, I have not been, you know, employed over the last five years or so. And, but this is, this is the experience I have. And this is what I bring to the table. Yeah. How, how would you go about advising someone to do that? On the right, one of my favorite questions. (laughs) Because I get that all the time, right? I have these huge gaps of employment on my resume. Right. What should I do, Stanlin? Do I just leave it blank? And I will tell you as an HR person, I don't like blanks, right? I kind of like to know where you've been, what's going on. So I had an employee. He was he was the spouse. And uh, to account for his gap of time, he put, uh, what did he call it? Oh, my gosh. A home, home manager or something yeah. like that. And, and you know what? He put some pretty cool bullet points, right? Mm-hmm. Travel, budget, you know, <laughs> I think he said, ba- uh, not babysitter, but like, I think he used a nicer, a funnier term, like a child corraler or something like that. But I mean, it, there were some good points in there, right? Mm-hmm. And it allowed at least for us to know what he was doing with that time. It wasn't just unemployment. It right. was really, I was managing this family for my service member. Right. So, you know, that I, I always say, put it on there. You know, don't get too crazy with it and start putting all the details like your kids' names and stuff. But I mean, I thought for the time and be proud of it. Yeah. You know? And then I also think you can't be afraid now to take an entry-level job. Mm-hmm. If you don't have current work experience, you will have to start at the bottom. Yeah. And people don't like hearing that, right? Because now they're paying daycare. Now they have to buy new clothes or whatever it is. They don't want to be paid that minimum wage, which is not bad by now, right now. Right. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's not bad. They just got have to know that, you know, maybe we're not going to hold that time against you, but you're going to have to start at some and get that current work experience. Right. And current work experience for me could be like two years, three years. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of jobs that kind of look at three years of experience in something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a huge challenge. I mean, and just be honest on your resumes, you know, just write it on there. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's change the topic for a moment. Yeah. So say, say I am stateside or overseas, doesn't matter. And I, I don't want to work, you know, but I do want to get involved and I want to build friendships and community. Yeah. What are some fun ways to do that? Or where would I go? What are the best places for me to find those friendships, that community, and build relationships? Oh, my gosh. There's so many places, right? 
you know, I I love education as you do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I always am promoting like getting back to college if you can, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of bases have classes at night or now everything is virtual. For certain spouses, education is free. You know, there's some tracks they can take with programs that, you know, they don't even have to pay for. It's just to support the military spouse. So I would say education because, you know, pound for pound, that's going to get you somewhere. You know, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a lot of like gym groups that happen. Like there's stroller warriors. You know, I know people meet and push their strollers, which is quite fun. Actually, I think I met one of my best friends doing that actually. (laughs) Walking the e wall. Yeah. No. Oh, yes. I got met Evelyn doing that. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. I think, you know, using your library system, you know, and I hate saying it again, but getting on the Facebook group, just don't get in the drama group, you know, (laughs) and and not being afraid to meet people because, again, we come to these places and then we're the new kid. Mm hmm. You know, and then we go to these parties where we don't know anybody. And, you know, you can't be a wallflower, unfortunately. If you want to make some friendships, you just got to kind of put yourself out there. And yeah, you can make some long-lasting friendships. You and, you know, and it can be very rewarding. I think that it also goes to say for for more seasoned spouses i i don't think i have to say this but for the newbies out there or her or the aspiring spouses girlfriends boyfriends whatever you may yeah. be i think it's important to say when you're in these groups when you're joining these groups when you're out there try not to make assumptions about people based on yeah. their age or whether they're a mom or not or what you know have kids Go in open-minded and you'll be surprised how easily you can relate to someone, regardless of their background or what you might currently have in common on the outside. It's important. Yeah, it is important. I mean, we it's the most amazing microcosm of people. I mean, you, you would never meet these people normally, right? And like, I'm currently not married to a military member, but I would never have left my islands of Hawaii, probably. Unless they got married to that first. And I don't think that he would have blamed you not leaving Hawaii. (laughs) I'm trying to get it done. Yes, I know. And and you have visited. (laughs) Take me home. It's, you know, it's so astronomically expensive. So every time I just think about it, I think, nah. It's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the same way, except, I mean, Hawaii, I'm not comparing to San Diego at all, but, oh, no. but yes, comparable, very, but yes. you know, I loved San Diego. I miss it, but I think that as long as I can get back to visit every so often, I'm good. Like as long as I get my fix, I go to my yeah. favorite places, I go on my favorite hikes, do my oh. thing and then yeah. come back to the Midwest. Same, same. I mean, living out here on the East coast is I mean, the cost of living, I mean, you can't compare. And I'm, and I'm near beaches, so I, I try to say, like, hey, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know? um, it's a dream. It is a dream. But, I mean, you know, I met so many different people 
that I can't say that this military experience hasn't been the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, my children have grown up in this community, you know, and we've made so many amazing connections, you know, and both my kids have gone to military schools and I can't say that the education isn't, I mean, it's amazing education. It's almost like private school education, honestly. And so, yeah, I mean, I love the military community. I mean, it's, part of who I am. Like you said, I work for right. Well, I, I'm about to say right here, you know, yes, you're, you're still in it. <laughs> you're still supporting and doing your thing. Yeah. So I love that. Last question. Okay. Even though I hate to end this, what piece of advice would you give? And it doesn't have to only be about education. It can be anything. A new military spouse with all of the knowledge you have now. I know this sounds really weird, but I would definitely give the advice of involve your spouse. Yeah. Because they have access to resources with their unit that you might not even be aware of. So don't just say, oh, that person just goes to work and now I'm left to figure it out. They can find out things for you. They can make connections for you. You know, I mean, even getting the pamphlets from the person that in charge of the family program yeah you know don't don't just rely on yourself and i think that's maybe you can even broaden broaden that to like it's okay to have help right like it's okay to ask people like how do i do this thing yeah because it can be very isolating being a military spouse yeah and if you don't have somebody you know you reach out a hand they reach out a hand I mean, it, it just get your circle just gets smaller and smaller until you feel like you just can't make it through the day. So ask the spouse for help. Ask strangers because the strangers become your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the best type of friends you make because there's no assumptions there. So involve the spouse. Don't try to do everything on your own because you're not going to be able to, even if you think you are. <laughs> and then ask for help. Because there's tons of us out there waiting to help, to be honest. Very good. Yes. Thank you again, Okay. I am so happy we were able to connect and that you could drop some of the knowledge you have. I have listed all of Stanla's information. You can find her on LinkedIn. You can reach out with any kind of questions you have, especially regarding employment. She is the HR maven. So <laughs> look below. Feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Community Beyond Camo. 